For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hey, friend, it is Angie Austin with The Good News. Eric Raymer is here. Hello, Eric. Hey, hey, how you doing, Angie? Part of The Good News team, radio friend and businessman, and also another radio host. Wow, we've got three radio hosts today. Rachel Maines is here, and she has the show Corner Cafe, and she has her own business as well. She's branding people. She's actually branding my new website. Yes, I'm excited. Nice. I'm going to have some fun with Angie. She's got have so good time. much energy, that Rachel. She calls me, and I'm, like, napping. You know that Rachel's <laughs> in the room. I know. <laughs> well, maybe it's because of my chai tea that I'm drinking right now. So my like, energy. You want to talk about how excited I am about your new website? I'm I like, am totally. I'm napping. <laughs> I'm napping. Yeah. I don't know. The fall makes me sleepy. All right. So um, uh, you guys had an assignment this week, if you recall. You're supposed to go out into the world and look for good news, and it could be good news you helped create. Or it could be good news that uh, you ran across, you know, um, that you witnessed. So would either of you like to share any good news? Nicole, producer Nicole, you can also join in if you have any good news to report as well. I think she found a story for us. but I yeah. love that. Yeah, I'll go if, if yeah. that's all right. Yes, I, uh, men first. Uh, oh, geez. Maybe second. Oh, don't do that. No, don't do that. I defer. I'm, uh, yes, I'm, I'm crabby no, today. No, I'm old and no, crabby please, today. please, Eric. You go. Please, Eric. Uh, <laughs> So um, this came out over the uh, the weekend, and I thought I'd share with uh, our, our listeners. You know, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, who is a powerful media force in her own right, uh, was hanging out with her friend, George W. Bush, the former president of the United States. Wonderful. At an NFL game. He's funny, by the uh, way, too. You know, he, he is. He, he, as No matter, you know, setting the politics aside, uh, no matter what you feel about uh Bush or any of the other politicians that are out there. They're two funny people. They're people, and, and, and they are uh, funny, funny, funny. But um, the internet just went nuts over Ellen DeGeneres like sitting she's next to... a traitor. She, she must be, right? Because she's sitting with the enemy, the uh, a conservative Republican president, and she is a very liberal, uh, on-the-record gay uh, talk, talk show host. And, and, you know, hardly anything... In the, in the same, I don't know. Shouldn't we be bucket. hoping for this? Well, I love what she said, and, and here is what she said. She said, here's the thing. I'm friends with George W. Bush. In fact, I'm friends with a lot of people who don't share the same beliefs that I have. We're all different, and I think we've forgotten that we're all different. And then uh, she goes on to say, um, but just because I don't agree with someone uh, on everything doesn't mean I'm not going to be friends. When I say be kind to one another, which is how she signs off her, her uh, television show mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, when I say be kind to one another, I don't mean only to the people that think the same way that you do. I mean be kind to everyone. It doesn't matter. And I think the only thing that she got wrong was it does matter. It matters. Hmm. If we could be kind. I mean, we, have, we live in such a polarized world. 
uh, today. And, and by world, I'm talking about not just the U.S., which is massively polarized, but you know, world politics and geography are just at a, at a tense point. Not that we haven't been here before, right? Uh, the 60s were full of the, the tension that we are struggling with now. Uh, when President Carter was in office, we had some pretty serious tension with, uh, you know, the, the gas shortages and the uh, hostage taking and all of that. This is, is, this is a great recipe for being civil mm-hmm. to one another. Mm-hmm. And I found it encouraging. I think kudos to Ellen. I yeah, feel I like we story. have to be in the closet now with our um, political views and that if you're conservative, it's a lot easier to get blackballed like um, socially, uh, you know, personal relationships. Yeah, I lost also. a friend because I voted for Trump, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, like and we were friends when we were like three. You know, you know The irony of the, the whole thing is... Because I think we've all lost friends yeah. uh, at one point or another because of you know the, the way that we vote or believe or whatever. And the irony of it is that the people who are judging those who believe differently than they are the very same ones that are saying we shouldn't be judged. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I, I think we'd like to see a reconciliation there because yeah. one side is clearly on the aggressive and the other side is clearly um, willing to cross the bridge. Yeah, and as a believer, I was kind of raised, um, people don't believe like I believe in. People haven't signed up to believe in the Bible. Yeah. So I've always had friends who don't believe in the Bible just fine. I right. was with that worldview that I can be friends with people who don't agree with the Bible. Jesus so, came for the sick. Yeah, so it's interesting yeah. now in this atmosphere, it's, it's kind of interesting that um, if you bl- believe in the Bible or you you know you're conservative in nature, then I can't be friends with you. Yeah. Versus the Bible teaches we should be friends with people who don't believe and be a witness, right? So it's just an interesting atmosphere. I, I feel like that we've gone back um, several steps back in Hollywood, for instance, recently that Will and Grace show, the stars from sure. that old show. Um, said that we should identify um, who is conservative in Hollywood so we know who not to work with. Right. And that's scary when your livelihood starts being uh, adversely impacted because people find out that you're conservative. And even though I do a morning conservative radio show, um, I don't talk about my politics around my kids' uh, parents, my kids' friends' parents, or at school or around their teachers or in my personal life at all because I feel like I can talk about it on the radio and people are tuning in because they want to hear what I have to say but in real life I hide my political views because I don't want my children ostracized. Mm, wow. You know, I, I think there's something else that needs to be said on this this same topic and I get what you're saying but let's, let's keep things in perspective. Uh, on any given day of any given month of any given year in our current situation, there's 51% who support the way you think. Yeah. They're or, just not maybe saying it. Right. And I know here. I have a friend in Hollywood who, who voted for Trump yeah. and is pretty vocal about it. So yeah. are people in, in Hollywood who have, people. but it's, it's definitely, like, ooh, you know. But the squeaky so, wheel gets the oil, yeah, oil right? The, exactly. the ones who make the most noise are the ones that get the most press, and the ones that get the most press are the ones that uh, have the biggest influence factor mm-hmm. and and it's it's sad i'd be afraid to talk about my political views in college because i think professors um i think people are their grades are well you went to see you too it was interesting i went to see you and i had a couple of professors i was getting an a 
And I remember one time I went in to talk about a paper or something, and he used to call on me a lot um, all the time because he, he valued my opinion. And then he, he realized I was a Christian. I thought he was going to fall out of his chair. <laughs> he was so bewildered. Like, how can you be getting an A in my class and understand what I'm saying and be a Christian? You know, it was, it was funny being at CU, but actually I value being at CU to understand how other people think. Yeah. And just because I don't think like you doesn't mean I don't want to understand how you think. You know, I, you I, know? I, I had the opportunity to meet uh, Heidi Ganahl. Do you know the name? She's, uh, I think she's connected to the Ganahl Lumber family, and uh, she is uh, a regent, I believe, uh, for one of the board of regents for the University of Colorado. And she is a dyed-in-the-wool, very vocal, conservative, uh, Republican kind of a, a, a lady and she was just accepting this is when I, I had the opportunity to chat with her uh, just accepting her position as a new regent uh, on, on the board and I said wow you're getting fed to the wolves and she said you'd be surprised at how many of us there are yep wow exactly. so so wow. again but it, but again we you know and I don't know if it's if it's hiding your faith you know, I, I think we have uh, multiple instances in the Bible where it says that we shouldn't hide our faith or, or yeah. put our life under be a wise. bushel. I don't right? hide my faith, yeah. but I don't talk about my politics. I think that's discernment, though. Yeah. It, it, you know, there, there comes a place, a time and a place, and it's discernment between our faith and also our politics, right? And I think bringing my faith up in, in the newsroom didn't help me with certain bosses at I all. Like that. you said, um, you know... Um, this, I, and we're going to get throughout the week, uh, if you're joining us here on the good news, we're going to continue to share some of the good news. I want to share some um, good news from, you know, my personal life with my um, uncle and some other bucket list things and just being there for people. I want to do that. But I was thinking um, today, like it's been weird, Rachel, you know, you've called me, you and I've been in t touch a lot lately. Rachel Maines, my friend who is a radio host as well, because she's working on my branding and my website and everything. And I've been in a bit of a funk that I normally get in like the deep dark of the winter where there's not a lot of sunshine and it's getting colder. Um, yeah, and I don't mm -hmm. see I, I get seasonal affective disorder when yeah. I don't see enough sun. I get a little more gloomy. Yeah. So anyway, I felt that more lately, which there's no reason for it. We're not really gloomy, but um, snow Thursday. But coming back from Ugh. California and all that, yes, we are going to get snow Thursday. Coming back from California, you know, I was on a three month almost like permanent vacation. That was a little bit of a shock. And then the, <laughs> the nanny who basically raised my kids, they've been crying a lot because Aww. while I was gone, my boss here said, hey, do you have her number? Because she used to work here and we hired her about a dozen years ago uh, to raise, help raise my kids. And so um, anyway, so yeah, I said yes. Um, and I mentioned several times that she was interested in coming back here to work. So anyway, they get in touch with each other. And then when I got back, she was basically done working for us. My kids have been crying and crying. Aww. Like, mm. is she not ever coming back? Is she ever going to see us again? And I guess it was a harsh realization for me that we, she meant more to us than we meant to her. Mm -hmm. And that's been like a little, I mean, my daughter's cried. My littlest one, she raised her. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was her home nanny, right, you know, right. for six years almost. And then she's been with us for 12. So she helped raise um, all of them. But the... To the, the two girls, like the most, she came to us when my uh, now uh, twelve year old was born. Wow. You know? Yeah. So anyway, um, Faith's been crying like a lot. Is she, you know, doesn't she love us? Isn't she ever going to come back again? Is is she like long? Well, I don't even know what to say to her. And I know that maybe there's some influence from her husband, but it's like done. And the kids are devastated. It was like their grandmother. 
who just like mm. fell off the face of the earth. And I think this goes back. It's touching on my childhood of the yeah. people that were supposed to love me and take care of me. Yeah. And they just abandoned me. And I think it hits on that same yucky, sure, sure. yucky feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any any chance of uh, contacting the nanny and seeing if she could bridge uh, bridge the gap? Yeah, We've talked a little bit, yeah. yeah, and I'm sure that we will. But I I don't know. I don't know if she knows how much the kid, you know, even to call them maybe and yeah, yeah. say yeah. like, hey, I, you know, how are you guys doing? Or yeah, this, right. Yeah, the, you know, but I want I you think, to know that I still care, even though. Yeah, I'm and not have there. you guys talked about it? Like um, you're sharing with us right now. A little bit, okay. and then and then my um, I think the interesting thing too is maybe the reason that all of it came kind of ahead is. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but since my mom was about 50, she's 77 now. So for 27 years, I've kind of taken care of her. She either lived with me or, you know, I bought her a car. I helped her buy a house. I did the down payment. I paid off yeah. all our medical bills. I've taken her on every trip. Um, she lived with me when I was in my 20s and then pretty much the last 20 years a, a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, and she lives at our house, beautiful home. She has her own apartment. And then she gets a check every month for retirement money. When I still lived in low-income housing as a kid, as a teenager, and as an, um, a young adult, I worked full-time through high school and college, and I started putting money away from her for her retirement. Mm. She gets a check every month, and she, it's from me and my brother wow. that we save money for her retirement. So I uh, accidentally um, came downstairs and heard her talking about me and my kids and my family to her sister, the only person that, that's her only friend. And so I was, I almost fell over hearing her talk about me mm -hmm. and my family in such disparaging terms. And I was like, she has no appreciation of all. I mean, like I've spent my adult life not only achieving for me and to provide a different environment for my children where uh, there's no father abandoning, uh, there's no drunken al alcoholic who's beating the mother and bad language and drugs and the murdered brother and the brother that's still homeless. You just got an apartment, by the way. Mm. But, um, you know, so I didn't want that environment for my kids. So my whole life, like, you'd think that I would be like the bell of the ball that, so my uncle comes to visit and he's talking about his children in the most glowing terms. And I looked across the table at him and I said, wow, this is so refreshing to hear a parent say such wonderful things about a child because I'm not accustomed to this. Yeah. Mm. And so it was so foreign to me to hear a parent not complaining about the kid and right. criticizing their parenting and da, da, da. And I know in my head it makes absolutely no sense, but it was kind of devastating to hear her talk about us. Sure. Anytime somebody doesn't have something kind to say. About and, and, someone who's done so much for you. Right. I bought her car. I get her it. retirement check is for me. Yeah. Her home is paid for by me. Her food is paid for by me. Yeah. Like, how do you even like wrap your head around that? Because this isn't good news, by the be, way. It, well, let's let's let's, <laughs> let's tie it into the good news message, and that is that uh, you are setting the example for your My mother kids. that yeah. cry, and for your kids and for your husband and for anybody who's listening. Right. You're setting the example of Christ-like kindness. Yeah. Right? And, and what about my husband? What a great guy to you know allow Absolutely. a mother-in-law yes. to stay there that really isn't and, appreciative. And here's the thing. Christ doesn't keep score. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He just is. He is who he is. He is kind. He he is is our heavenly father. He's our provider, right? The same goes for you. The, the challenge is that we are also flesh, right? And in our flesh, we want to keep score. I did all this for you, and and this is the thanks I get. I encourage you to find joy in the fact that you are living a Christ-like walk. Mm -hmm. Living right? for the, your Father in heaven, not man on earth. Right. When I left today, I did... I did... I was mad. I just wanted to leave. You I know, get it. Because I, I can't believe that she would... 
as I said, you kick the you kick sand in the face of Jesus to not appreciate all the blessings that you have. So I um, took a note card and I wrote five things I I like about her. And believe me, right now it was a little hard. And I wrote five things I like and appreciate about her. And I said, maybe this would be helpful for you to write down five things you like and appreciate about about our family. Yeah. Because she did accidentally leave a message for my um, 12-year-old that was um, really, really mean. She thought she'd hung up. Yeah. And what she said about my daughter, I can't even say on the phone. And my husband heard it. And yeah. it, was, it was a game changer for him when he heard what my mother said about my daughter thinking she'd hung up the phone. Yeah. You know, let me let me share a scripture uh, with you. Is that all right? Yeah. Can yes. I? Yes. Please do. It is the good news. We share the good news of the Bible, not just crabby Angie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real, real Angie. Yes. Right. Right? Real and, Angie. And, and we embrace you the way that you are yeah, and the way that you're feeling. This is the life. Exactly. Right. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 through 27 says, Above all else, guard your heart, right? For everything you do flows from it. Now, this is this is direct to you, Mrs. Austin. Yes. This is you, you. right? Yes. Uh, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. That draws to Romans chapter 12 of fixing our eyes on the prize, right? And run the race. Um Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. I find you in the words of this scripture mm-hmm. and, and not just you in your actions, but you as as a recipient of the blessing of this right. scripture. Well, God must be working through me because we haven't bounced her. I mean, I, hope, I think he's you know, working on like you. a lot of people would want to have that person out of yeah. their house that says such horrible things about their yeah. family. When God's you're worked care of them. through you for a long time. Now God's working on you. Mm. Wow. Well, it's definitely, uh, it, you know, it's. I think we say a lot of times on the good news that we're real Christians dealing with real life and That's real right. problems. And part of the reason I wanted to present good news is because I had such a crummy first 18 years of my life. And I saw that the Lord could give me a foundation that could help me be uh, get an education, be a good mother, provide a wonderful home for my children when I did not witness that as a child. And so, um, and then to try to help my mom as well, you know, to get out of that, uh, those circumstances. So um, the good news, generally, when I come in and I'm around the good news team, you guys, you know, it's real, um, brightens my day. And that's what I hope we do for other people listening too. that we are real. We do have our issues. Right. Yeah. Well, I just, it's an inspiration just to hear, you know how you've taken care of your mom and how what such a hard worker you are and just your life story to me is really inspiring. So, wow. You know, I, I want wanna, each other a long time. Yes, we have. I'm going to reach out to the listening audience right now and just say, Hey, listen folks. I mean, it doesn't get any more real than this, right? Yeah. This is, this is real life going on, real situations, real people. And, uh, if you're a real person out there and this ministers to you, if this, if, if my word to Angie was, or God's word, I should say to Angie was, uh, something that you receive as well. Um, how about this? Go to, to AngieAustinRadio.com right now. And it, what, what, why not give a little something, maybe a $20 bill or something to support the message that is going out there. And, and you know, Angie doesn't ask for the money all the time. And I don't uh, I don't. I don't think we ever drum. have. We don't really make money on the show. No, there we is no money to be made on this. Love. But you know something? Uh, it, it's a sacrificial labor of love. Yeah. Because... You and and uh, Rachel and myself and anybody else who comes, yeah, we come in uh, 
free of charge. Yeah, our love for each other and right? that we hope we're sharing that there's hope in Jesus. It's our love for the audience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is Christ in action. Yeah. But everything that we do costs. So AngieAustinRadio.com, if you would, please. And, you know, if you can't give a dollar, how about giving an email that says, I believe in you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we did Be get a couple of really nice, uh, encouraging emails last week. Eric, give your website what you're doing. PRMediaCoach.com. I'm in the PR and media business. I make you famous. And you too, Rachel. Yeah, I'm going to give uh, CornerCafeRadio.com. CornerCafeRadio.com. And then my business, Rachel Mains. RachelMains.com. Wonderful. All right. We'll be right back with the good news. The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two, and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things, and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Thanks so much for joining us for this encore portion of The Good News with Angie Austin. Hello, hello, friends. This is producer Dave. I'm uh, here for the next installment of my author highlight series that I've been able to do. Um, I'm trying to bring you all this really cool information. I, uh, I get a lot of books, and uh, I meet a lot of people who have written about very interesting things. And uh, I want to share this. I want to share all these people with you because I truly believe this is information that can help us. And, uh, in fact, today I think this is information that really can help us all because today... We're going to be talking to Dr. Nick Morgan. So Dr. Nick Morgan is one of America's top communication coaches. Um, he's been on C- excuse me, he's been on CNN. Uh, he coaches people on how to speak in front of Congress. He coaches people how to speak on things like to, the Today Show. Um, he has a blog that reaches over 100,000 readers every month. And he wrote a book called, Can You Hear Me? How to Connect on a virtual, in a virtual world. And I think this is a really important thing that we all should learn and know how to do because we talk to each other on the phone, we talk to each other online, we talk to each other even through text messages, and sometimes uh, we don't communicate as, effective, as effectively as we want. So that's why we have Nick Morgan here today. And hey, thanks for being on the show today, Nick. Hey, it's a great pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, so your book, Can You Hear Me? How to Connect with people in a virtual world is all about uh, every way that we can kind of combat all those things that we lose when we talk to each other through methods when we can't see each other or when we can't even hear each other, right? That's right. I call it a great unregulated social experiment in the last 10 years, especially since the mobile phone has uh, become ubiquitous. What's happened is We're now communicating, where we used to communicate mostly face-to-face, we're now communicating half virtually at the time, um, half face-to-face, still in the traditional way. And 
I wrote the book because I started to ask myself and and started to look around me and, and say, how is that working out? How, how's it going to communicate virtually? How are the rules different? And and uh, what should we do about that? And I found out to my surprise that the rules are very different, and the communic- how we need to communicate uh, is uh, needs to be rethought. So. Uh, right, I completely the book. I completely agree with that. I think a lot of people uh, we lose things. I, I've noticed all through college. I noticed people would write things to professors that they would never say to them face to face, and it's this weird like <laughs> disconnect. It's kind of like when you're in the car and you see all these other cars rather than people in cars, you know, and you you don't really connect with people in a way. I mean, you know they're there, but you don't connect with them the way that you would if you were in person. And uh, I think that the rules changed as to how to to connect with them, but also how to let them know what you actually mean, right? Right, and that's the, that's the big issue that I found was that um, more than half the time we misunderstand each other on email, for example, the research shows. And, and you can imagine this easily. If you get an email from your boss that says, uh, um, we've got to talk, how do you react? Well, most people receiving that email would imagine that the news was bad and they go into a panic um, and yet it could be good news and the, the real question is why don't we interpret it that way and the answer is when we don't get a lot of information about other people's intent which happens all the time in the virtual world uh, then we tend to assume the worst uh, because that that pays off in the long run in evolutionary terms uh, if you can imagine an early humanoid walking through the jungle or the savanna, uh, the humanoid is going to survive is likely the one who's imagining that there's a tiger around every corner right. uh, and is always in a state of perpetual panic. So that, that's how we've evolved. Uh, and yet that doesn't serve us well in, in the virtual world because we assume we tend to assume the worst. Right, because you can't um, see people's body knowing. language, you can't hear the inflection in their voice, you can't hear you know, whether they're panicked or saying it slowly, or there's so many little things that we pick up on that, uh, that you just cannot get through you know, text messages, even over the phone. Like, uh, I've noticed over the phone, sometimes in inflections or what, you can't see body language or something, it completely changes the whole tone. That's right, and one of the interesting things about about uh, body language is that um, over the phone is that it's not just the fact that we can't see the other person, but the the uh, sound of the voice is condensed on a phone, and as a result, less of the emotional information gets through, uh, and that's something that's subtler that we don't pick up on as much. But uh, the the voice face to face is a much richer experience than it is over the phone. Sure, sure, uh, I can certainly over that. various certainly over various kinds of computerized uh, uh, audio conferencing and that kind of thing. Right, I can attest to that. I mean, in the radio world where I live, uh, it's really important to everyone keep their energy up because you lose so much energy through from going to the transmitter and then out to everyone's cars or everyone's radios, and uh, you d- it doesn't come through the same. So uh, this is Producer Dave. That you're listening to The Good News with Angie Austin, and uh, w- today we're talking to Dr. Nick Morgan about his book, Can You Hear Me? How to Connect in the Virtual virtual World. Now, we've talked about a couple of things, uh, you know, that we all deal with where we, you know, text messages and emails kind of fall under a category. Talking on the phone is another category, but it seems like social media is a completely other animal and uh you know so it's funny i used to tell people that 
if I wanted to have a superpower, I'd be able to read people's minds. But then Facebook came out, and I don't really want that superpower anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, so uh, no. But at the same time, you know, I'm joking. But at the same time, you know, it connects us in a way to where we are all so connected, so connected. But at the same time, it seems like we're kind of more separate, and that's because we're not following these rules. Is that what you're kind of getting at? Yes. I, one of the titles of the uh, one of the chapters in the in the book is. I'm more con- connected than ever. Why do I feel so alone? And I'm specifically addressing social media there. The the issue with social media is that when we meet somebody face-to-face and we have a conversation, we get a huge amount of information from them about how they're feeling emotionally, how they're interacting with us, how much they like us, uh, if they're angry with us or happy with us. We get We get all that information without even having to work very hard to get it. It just comes through uh, from one unconscious mind to the other we pick it up as you said earlier in the in the uh, expression in the face the smile the twitch the raise of the eyebrow the turn of the head just an endless series of little things that tell us exactly how that other person is feeling so that's a very rich information stream and think about facebook for example by contrast you see somebody else posting a picture of them being happy in mexico on vacation um, and you start to think, okay, I'm not in Mexico on vacation, so I feel a little bit less wonderful than sure, that Sure, kind of like a jealousy who, factor, jealousy. Yeah, so there's a, there's a huge jealousy factor. And then um, maybe if I say something on Facebook and somebody else likes it, then I get a tiny little burst of, of connection. But it's such a fleeting small one that all it does is make me hungry for more. Um, and so it's never satisfying. It's never enough. So the positive emotions we get from social media are never enough really to satisfy us in the same way that a face-to-face conversation with another human being would satisfy us because there's, it's such a, a tiny little hit of endorphin or, or whatever right, you want right. to call it. You know, um, something else that I've noticed, though, kind of on the opposite end of that, because I've seen the kind of je- jealousy and people put up this whole, and a lot of times it's not even real, like people post their, Mexico vacation pictures from three months ago again, you know, um, but uh, you know what I'm saying is like, it's like this whole, we live up, but it's kind of like we're expected to live up to this certain standard that's impossible to live in real life, but online you're expected to live at that standard almost all the time. Otherwise you're kind of cut down or ostracized or blackballed or whatever it is or bullied. Right. You notice that too, like that it's this whole other side to that. Yes, absolutely. For some reason, uh, we only put our perfect lives on Facebook, whether we make them up or whether they're occasionally real. <laughs> it's still a very highly selective aspect of our lives, and, and, and yet when we look at other people's lives on Facebook, we assume that's the way they live all the time, even though we know perfectly well that's not the case. So that there is this uh, real uh, uh, disconnection between the lives we put up on Facebook and and the other. So how do we combat that? Do we put the other part of our life that's not so fun on Facebook, or do we just (laughs) kind of accept that everyone is kind of just putting the highlights, right? Uh, Well, you can tell yourself that rationally, but the issue is the emotions, um, the the envy that you described and, and the feelings of being left out and that kind of thing. So my recommendation to people with social media is that you simply have to limit the amount of time you spend on social media. And, and I'm yeah. sure uh, Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn would not be happy uh, to hear me <laughs> saying that, but it is not good for your mental health uh, and emotional health. And there are lots of studies that show that. And, and one of the simplest ways to cheer yourself up if you want a good New Year's resolution uh, for 2019 is to resolve to spend less than half hour 
a half hour a day on social media. And if you do that, the studies show you will be happier. Right. That makes sense. I know a lot of people that spend so much time, they, they substitute actual connection with people with the connections that they make on social media with people they've never even seen in real life before. Right. And that's the worst possible exchange, because what humans need in order to feel healthy and happy and well-grounded is real face-to-face time with other human beings. So you never want to substitute six hours, let's say, of social media for 10 minutes of face-to-face time. It's just never a good exchange. It's always better to communicate face-to-face with people because that's the way we've evolved. We're hardwired to communicate best that way. And social media is a relatively new um, development. We haven't evolved in any sense of the word uh, to be able to get the same kind of emotional depth and, and happiness out of out of uh, social media. So right, right. It, we need to start with a, a sarcastic font. That. It's not a good substitute. That's right. No, you're right. We shouldn't substitute. Yeah, you can't. You can't be stuck in that world all the time, and you can't yep. expect other people. You know, especially when you start feeling like you need to live up to this certain standard, where you think everyone else has it all put together, when you are falling apart. Where I, th- I, I find it ironic that a lot of people feel like everyone else has it all put together, while them they themselves are falling apart all the time. And uh, yeah. why is that? <laughs> I, I, it's, I think it partly, partially that whole social media. We're only going to put up the perfect parts, and we're going to. Yep. Live this perfect life, and you know uh, we're gonna. Everything is Snapchat filtered, and everything is you know everyone looks so good all the time, and and we we only put up this thing. We don't put ourselves up out there when you know when we're on our low periods or when we're bored or when we sit around eating nachos all day long or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. and so it kind of yeah, feels we like want oh. the world to know about that. And I have noticed that occasionally on social media, uh, people will uh, do uh, an honesty um, thing where they challenge other people to to show the, a picture of themselves without makeup on or when they've just woken up or something like that. And I, I, I noticed those honesty uh, uh, jags don't last very long. <laughs> right, exactly. No, they're like, yeah, and then they're like, yeah, on the beach or whatever, you know. I don't yeah, know. Right. There's all back, sorts of back stuff to, like uh, that. Back to the, the fake social media world. Yeah, it, for some reason, we find it hard to do that. And I think it's because it, you are letting go of it. It feels exposed, and you get no immediate feedback in this in the real sense. So, if uh, if you have an honest exchange with a friend of yours or, or a family member, they'll give you a hug. They'll they'll give you lots of emotional support um, if you've got the right kind of friends or family. Um, and <laughs> you, you don't get that kind of response from Facebook. Right, right. And so, and so, your book goes through all this stuff and kind of talks about. How to combat it? I mean, obviously, you want to limit the time, but there's other methods that you can do to kind of more effectively communicate with each other through social media, you know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, or uh, even over text messages, right? Or That's phone right. Calls. Uh, what I talk about is we basically need to start learning a new language which involves making our intentions clear. What we humans care about is other people's intentions as well as our own. So if you send me a text message, what I need to know most most importantly is, how do you mean that? Do you mean that sarcastically? Do you mean that text message straightforwardly? Do you mean it with a smile on your face? And, and that's why emojis have become so popular is because it's very hard in a text message of half a dozen words to convey accurately the emotion you're feeling and so we've added emojis which right. i think are a very yes. good idea uh, to help clarify uh, the emotional intent because that's what humans care about that's a that's the single most important message to get 
to get from my book is that we humans care about each other's intent and the the uh, virtual world doesn't isn't set up to to uh, make other people's intent and our intent clear to each other so we need to work harder at that uh, we need to find uh, simple and and straightforward ways to make clear how we're feeling to other people when it doesn't come through in a text message or over the phone or even in a video conference. Okay, so there's only a few minutes left. We've got about three minutes left. Is there any kind of um, tips or tactics you can give to us that make us m want to go explore more inside the book to see, uh, you know, like anything you could do in a text message per se that will help people to understand your emotions better or be able to communicate more clearly? Yes, absolutely. So I would say the first thing to do is to ask yourself, how did what I just say in a text message or on the phone or in a video conference or any virtual means make the other person feel that I was communicating with? And if you don't know the answer to that, then ask them out loud or in a follow-up message if you can, because that will do two things. First of all, you may actually find out how they feel, and that would be a good thing. Um, and second, you show them the respect and the caring to say, I do want to know how you feel. And one of the things that happens, of course, with uh, virtual communications is they are faster and more efficient than face-to-face -face communications. And so we tend, as a result, to do more and more of them. Um, and the misunderstandings, the possibilities for misunderstandings thus pile up. Uh, and, and so it, this is all about slowing down just a tiny bit and making sure you understand how what you're saying is affecting other people and how uh, what they're saying is affecting you. And if we start to have that conversation, I think we can make the virtual world a much, much happier, better place to live in um, and w with many, many fewer misunderstandings. So that's really why I wrote the book. That's the, that's the uh, that's purpose cool. behind it is to help people uh, get get more clear about what their intent is and to understand better what other people right 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 yeah, you know what i've now that you said it made me think of it uh, I, a lot of people i know will read things in the inflection that they assume was put there and they kind of infer this inflection into text messages when they're having right. a conversation it, with somebody else and i so i've noticed this oftentimes that's dangerous because a, a lot of times the tone that you read it in is not the intended tone at all and so that's another thing to think about is maybe you're taking it the wrong way or maybe you know they didn't communicate clearly enough with you too so um so exactly. it kind of goes both I, ways I, I always i always say to people if if uh, and i say in the book if you're sending an important email take a minute and this may sound odd, but it will help clarify it immediately. Read it out loud in several different tones, like read it in a happy right. tone, read it in an angry tone, read it in a sarcastic tone, and to see which interpretation is the most likely, because that's the one that the person's going to pick up on, right. probably. And, and if you need to add more words to clarify than what you actually meant, instead of what's coming across, then that's a chance to do it. Once you sent the email, it's too late, and you may spend half a dozen emails straightening out the mess you've created right, exactly. to make the other person upset. So great. Well, thank you so much, Nick Morgan. Uh, this is the very end of the interview. It went by very fast. Uh, please, everybody, go out, get Can You Hear Me? How to Connect with People in a Virtual World because you need these tips until we invent the sarcastic font and everyone knows you're being sarcastic. Uh, we, we need all these tips and tricks to help us communicate more clearly and to... Um, uh, to be able to tell each other what we really mean. So uh, everyone, go get the book. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes & Noble. You can get it at Target, right? Nick? Anywhere you like. Right. <laughs> Thank you so Anywhere much. Anywhere books are sold.
wherever books are sold and just look up Dr. Nick Morgan. And thank you very much, Nick. Thanks. It's been a real pleasure. There is so much fun stuff to do at the YMCA of the Rockies, you're never going to want to leave. Come fill your days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch, this fall you can join our Intro to Outdoor Skills Weekends. You can learn how to properly pack your backpack, learn orienteering skills, hone your rock climbing skills, and so much more. YMCA has made Snow Mountain Ranch the place where the entire family can adventure together. YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch is the ideal family vacation, located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org for fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Book your stay at ymcarockies.org today. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on Contact. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to help you build your business. Welcome back. Angie Austin here. We are recognizing National Fire Prevention Week on the program and also the critical need for home safety planning. This important safety message comes from the UL Firefighter Safety Research Institute we've partnered with. Uh, They're the leader in fire safety research that has helped develop the Close Before You Doze campaign. And here to explain how this simple tip can save lives are Steve Kerber, director of the UL Firefighter Safety Research Institute, and Fairfax County Firefighter Vincent Harrison. Welcome to Steve and Vincent. Thanks for having having us. Okay, so I have to tell you, uh, Steve, I already went to the website and I checked out the campaign. The website's a great website. I'm fascinated by what you guys do. So tell us first about the Close Before You Doze campaign. Yeah, so we, we study how fire grows and spreads, particularly in homes, and try and find ways to make sure that we bring that number of fire deaths down and, and have a more fire-safe world. And Time and time again, the thing that sticks out is that room with the closed door stays survivable much longer and provides that vital time that you'll need to figure out, how how do I safely get out of this home? And if you can't, that's going to buy you the time you need for the fire department to come and rescue you. Wow. I mean, a simple tip like that. My daughter, Hope, is afraid of monsters, so she's obviously going to live long because she closes every door (laughs) in the house, which is handy. (laughs) Win-win. Right, win-win. So, all right, you just mentioned how fast, you know, uh, fires spread. How fast do they spread? It's it's so much faster than it used to be because uh, 40 years ago or more, you had a lot of natural materials in your house that burned slower. You'd have about 17 minutes to get out of your home. Today, because of all the plastics and synthetics and everything else we put in our home, we don't realize it, but we've got three minutes or less to get out in case of a fire. 
So it's critical that you know exactly what to do and how to safely get out. Are you kidding me? It's gone from 17 down to 3. I had no idea. Yeah. We, it, all these comfortable furnishings and all these synthetic materials that we put in our home have changed uh, the environment. That is crazy. All right, guys. So what are some ways, besides the clothes before you doze, what are some ways to improve our home's uh, safety since we're in the midst of fire safety week? Well, Angie, the first thing you can do is you can uh, create an escape route. Create a plan. Make sure that your family self-understand ways to get out of the house, multiple ways to get out of the house, and where to meet in case of a fire. Uh, Also, make sure that you have working smoke alarms in your house on every floor and in the rooms that you sleep in. And don't just have them and don't check them. Make sure that you check them once a month and then replace them every 10 years. And also, make sure that you do close before you doze. You buy yourself valuable time and lower temperature when you do close the door. So make sure that you do that before you go to sleep. All right. Now, is there also, um, you know, a video with the campaign as well? There is a video, and this video is a is actual footage of myself and I respond myself and my crew responding to a house fire, a single family dwelling, where we make an initial attack on the fire and the flames are rolling over our heads and we hear the cries of a little girl in her bedroom. Uh, she's screaming for help, and so we make our way over to the bedroom. And since she closed her door, we opened it up. Inside was an unscathed room, no fire damage, no smoke, no soot. And because she closed her door, she, we were able to seamlessly rescue her, her from that house. Sheesh, that is wild. All right, so let's talk a little bit about your mission. Like I said, I went on the website to see what you do. Talk about the mis- mission of UL Firefighter Safety, the Research Institute. Uh, talk about that. Yeah, we're, we're a team that's dedicated to uh, creating a safer world and making a more fire-safe world. And one of the best ways we do that is by working with the fire service to make sure that they've got the latest and greatest information uh, so that they can protect communities all over the country. Well, I love what you're doing. I love the research. Where can we uh, find out more info about preparing our own homes for the possibility of a fire and, you know, see what you guys are up to? Yeah, so please send everybody to closeyourdoor.org. There they'll get to see all these great videos, as well as smokealarms.ul.org where you can make sure that you do have working smoke alarms, you've got them in the right places, and that they're there to protect you. Excellent. Go ahead and give the website one more time. Closeyourdoor.org and smokealarms.ul.org. Excellent. Thanks for all the good work uh, you're doing, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.